0: In the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner.
1: Welcome into the Skinny Podcast, the weekly potpourri edition. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com digital sports columnist and editor, along with my main man, Rick Brewing as we touch on sports topics locally, nationally, and I've got a rant at the end for those of you who drive... So that rant will be forthcoming, and it will be a rant. And right. We'll see if Rick Boring agrees with me. I'm guessing he doesn't agree with me at all.
0: I can't wait for that. All right.
1: As always, by the way, it's presented, and we thank them, presented by Joseph Chevrolet. Rick?
0: Skinny, the Bengals were blown out 41-17 by the 49ers in their home opener on Sunday. The 49ers had 572 yards of total offense, including 259 yards rushing on 42 carries, and the Bengals rushed for only 25 yards on 19 carries. I ask you, what was the most concerning part about the Bengals' performance on Sunday?
1: That it felt a whole lot defensively like 2018. Um, yep. That there were no answers last year, and I got buffaloed into thinking there were some answers. No pun intended, because they played Buffalo this week. I got I got buffaloed into believing you intended
0: you intended that. Pun. I did. Yeah, yeah you intended. Uh, I
1: actually didn't. <laughs> um, I, I I thought I saw enough of a difference in Seattle. It thought, all right, they can scheme their way out of some of this, and maybe they still can a little bit. But look, it's the same team. Jed Demusy asked me a great question on the Sports Authority Sunday. He said, "Are the Bengals as bad as they showed today, or are they as good as they showed last week?" And I said, "Somewhere in between." And here is the problem, Rick. You know where the somewhere in between lies? What did they do in Seattle? Lost. What did they do this game? Got killed. Okay, so what's the in between? Uh, loss. Pretty
0: bad loss. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, so that 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 doesn't give me a whole lot of confidence. I look. I, I thought the ski watching what they did in Seattle made me th- made me really think. Okay. And look, I'm not pointing the fingers at this coaching staff. I'm I'm trying to actually, honestly, bail them out to some degree. That that roster on defense is atrocious. It's just atrocious. And it's going to take you some drafts to fix it. And that's all I can tell you.
0: We've been saying from the get-go, they are being asked to do more. With the same. With the same or maybe even less when you factor in, you know, you lost no. Pac-Man. You lost Vontaze. Den- you lost Denard. You lost Denard. I mean, there's, you know, they lost some key figures. And yes, they got a, a key guy or two back. And I do think... The front four is better than what they played. They've got playmakers up there. They need to be every single solitary that snap. That can do more. That's the key. They can't have an off game. They right. can't have a game where they're neutralized completely the and way they were. they were on Sunday. Yeah. That's inexcusable from that group. But behind them, the linebackers stink. That We knew that coming in. The secondary is shaky at best. It's going to have some games where they make some plays. But especially if you have a guy injured or something, as they did in this one. And neither corner wants to tackle anybody. They're not going to tackle anybody. At all. At all, and uh, you've got linebackers that are too slow to get there. Cornerbacks that don't want to tackle. It's it's not a good situation when you've got running backs just running right through defenders.
1: I, I talk. I, I, there was a you know Adam Baum from the Enquirer. I do who covers Navy, but yeah. he was co- helping cover this game, and he's covered high school football. He loves high school sports too. And I turned to him at one point in the second half. I said. Craig Monroe, this looks like when you watch a high school game and one offensive line is just physically superior. It happens all the time, right? High school more than any other sport. One team is just maybe they're a bigger enrollment, maybe they're a bigger school, whatever, or they just have bigger guys. That honestly, that's what that looked like. That looked like the the one high school team that's just better, and there's no answer. The other team has there's nothing you can do to answer that question. That they're just physically superior. That's what that looked like, and it can't look that way with that defensive line.
0: Yeah, I will say. You mentioned the coaching staff, and I think that's a good point because I actually didn't come out of this game feeling more pessimistic about the coaching Ooh. staff. In fact, watching the way they moved the ball early in the game, yeah. I was wondering how in the heck they were able to do it considering every time the ball was snapped, they were getting bum-rushed off of both ends because neither the left tackle or the right tackle, who knows who those guys are at this point because yeah, they keep rotating in and out everywhere, point. can stop anyone from off the line of scrimmage. They're just too slow. They're and, just getting speed rushed and, off the edge. And there's no fear of a run game. At there's all. There's zero fear of a run game. people are running. I mean, they don't even need to stack the box.
1: Right. Right. No, you can, no that's the thing. They, they were getting pressure with four, so Andy's throwing into a seven-man coverage, and I thought, I mean, other than the one throw where he should have thrown the ball out of bounds and threw the interception, I thought he did an admirable job. I thought the receivers, I mean, you had 200-yard receivers in that game.
0: They're, two! They're coming up with Schemes to move the ball occasionally, despite having zero protection yeah. and
1: zero run game. Yeah, and that's that's the thing that I think is encouraging. But I I got no answer for you for for the defense. I, I thought, look, I got I, maybe it was just. I'm not an optimist. I'm a, I'm a, I feel like I'm a realist. Everybody thinks I'm cynical, and maybe I am cynical. Okay, I am cynical.
0: You trend towards cynical, I'd but
1: I, I trend toward cynical. But I, I try to be a realist. Okay,
0: I think you try to be fair.
1: And I thought what I saw in training camp that carried then over to that first game, I thought, oh, okay, dude's got an answer for this mess. Dude doesn't have an answer for this mess because there is no answer for this mess until you start drafting some linebackers.
0: Yeah, the personnel just isn't good enough. I do think the defense is talented enough. It's not 41
1: points, 576 yards a game bad, right? right? They're
0: going to have better matchups like they did in Seattle where they're going to have their days where they look pretty solid and keep you in a game. And on those those days, this team will be good enough to, to win. But man, if the defense is not at their absolute best, they've got no shot. None. Because I mean, they have no run game on offense. Turnovers are going to continue to happen because Andy's going to be under an incredible amount of pressure all year. With and this we're and line. we're
1: playing catch up.
0: Yeah, I, I just you're right. The, the the thing that's most discouraging from this game is that there's no answers to what's wrong. Yeah. I think the, I, your your personnel just stinks.
1: Yeah, the the, the we talked to Lou Ruma, the defensive coordinator. I've not written it yet uh, on Monday. And, and Zach was asked the question and, and you got the answer and I'm I i, I going to go back and look because I, I think Marvin said this a couple times last year it's just one guy on each play you know one guy's not doing their job no no stop it I, I get it you're not going to roll the guys under the bus but I've heard that song and dance before It, it and in some some ways yeah I'll give you that I mean the, the run by Matt Breida Geno Atkins the third and one run he ran for about 30 yards Geno Atkins takes the guard and almost drops him in everybody's lap he blows the play up guy makes a cut I think William Jackson the third is standing right there to make the tackle. He skips by him and off he goes. Zoom. And William's got to make that tackle. So yeah, on that play, you're right. It was is it one guy not in the right spot or one guy not making a play? But that that that's a broken record to me. I, I'm sorry. That's just that tells me you know why it is one guy short because you are you need to play with twelve. Yeah. You honestly almost have to have twelve to have success.
0: With that, with the speed the lack of speed they have on defense, they need oh. a twelfth guy out there. Six how fast plays did, of over thirty no, yards against how, them. How fast in that did San
1: game? Francisco look to you?
0: I mean, like you said, it looked like when you're watching an elder play Oak Hills or something like that. I mean, just completely outclassed in terms of the, you know what it looked like? It looked like what Ohio State and Miami is going to look like on Saturday.
1: It it really and truly did. And that doesn't happen in the NFL. It, it,
0: It looked like the Bengals had 85th pick. We'll talk about that in a second.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. So, yeah, I mean, the most disappointing part to me is I'm not sure there's an answer, Rick. I really don't. I'm not sure on defense there's an answer.
0: No, I don't think there is. Well, the Boo Birds were out as early as the second quarter at Paul Brown Stadium on Sunday. After the game, Joe Mixon fired up a timeless debate by saying, quote, That's definitely frustrating to see that. We down 11 points, I want to say, in the second quarter, and then you see hella fans leaving and booing. At the end of the day, we want to win too. If they feel like they can do it better, then come try out. Oh, Joe. Do you have a problem with what Joe Mixon said?
1: I have a problem with him saying that's definitely frustrating to see that. I'm not sure you see. Do you see booze? I guess you can. People booing. You can see it.
0: I think he was talking about the the, the, the the people leaving. I get it. I get it.
1: Um, I do and I don't
0: the hell of people leaving the hell
1: of people leaving. Yeah. um i do what i don't uh, don't give me that nonsense I'm fan that fans have been booing since the dawn of time it's what they do if you're, you you are in a performance based business right and i i, I Ruma, we made that point he said listen i'm it's a performance based business we didn't perform we stunk and i got to own that okay own it joe just own the fact that you stunk and and own it now i will also say this for joe booing who's working his manufacturing job or his car sales job or his insurance job how about when my policy isn't up to grade, can I come in and just berate you and boo you right to your face? How are you going to handle that? you going to punch me? I mean... I pay your salary, Joe. Yeah, well, and I, I look, you do to some degree.
0: I mean, you honestly do to some degree. I, I pay the insurance guy's salary too to a degree. Listen, That's the point. It, it,
1: booing, you, you have you have every right to boo, I think. You have every right to leave. You pay the ticket. If you want to spend 90 bucks on a ticket and get $10 worth of value out of it, that's on you, but go ahead. I, I, that, that's fine. Again, this is a performance-based business, Joe. You guys didn't perform. As long as it doesn't get personal or they're throwing something or physically trying to do something to you. Own it, man. Just own it. Own it and say, we need to be better so fans don't boo us, so fans don't leave. Again, I'm not outraged either way. Um, I... I I've I've booted in my day. I'm not a big boo guy. I don't really believe in it. I don't think anything's really probably worth that. If I didn't, if I don't like the product, I'm just gonna probably get up and go. I'm just not gonna watch any longer. I'm not enough of a fan. Like as you know, the only thing I'm a fan of is Kentucky football, and we'll get to that here shortly. Where I'm about to have my head blow clean off. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, you know, for that fan that boos again, do I go to your restaurant and and I mean last night last night I went to Frisch's. Went to Frisch's. Love me some Frisch's. Here we go. I I had to fast because I had to do a medical thing, so I fasted all day. So it's 8.30 at night, I go to Frisch's, and I want to get a fish sandwich and some onion rings. 8.30 at night. Frisch's somehow. Well, we're out of onion rings. Wait a minute. You're what? You're Frisch's, man. You ain't out of onion rings ever. And I said that. I even said the thing. I said, I, "I'm sorry. What? You're what?" She goes, "Out on your rings." And she was really curt about it. Like, I know that you're pissed, sir. And there's nothing I can do about it. I said, "Hang on a second. It's eight. Th- you're out of." She goes, "Sir, we're out on your rings." I'm like, "Okay, give me." I
0: well, I guess there's no hot fudge cake and <laughs> vanilla coke <laughs> then too. Yeah, I'm not.
1: I, I don't like the vanilla coke part of it. But anyway, so I I, I pulled up. She goes, "Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry." I said, "I'm not mad at you." I, but I could I have yelled and gone, "Wait a minute! You're a freaking restaurant! You, you got boo you're out of onion ring Boo No
0: I mean honestly no you know, it would be absolutely amazing. You don't even get mad, you don't even ask again. Just the second she says we're out of onion ring, you start going boo right. I mean honestly, is that is I would put that in perspective for me just a car full of people booing
1: the. but it is again this is a sports is a performance based business no one's giving you credit for the old college try as a professional i'll give you the credit for a college try as a
0: collegiate player or a high school player i ain't giving it to you as a pro i mean how many jobs aren't performance based though what does that mean like we're okay. all expected to perform right um. So from, from look, I think there's two different perspectives. All right, here. but here's
1: the thing: Do you think you win in your job every
0: day? Oh, I kick ass. Look at me. Yeah, do you right. listen to this podcast? You're right. It's right. Freaking I, incredible. I, I will tell you, this.
1: I I I take a few L's during my day. I will tell you that right here. I right find now. that hard to believe. I know. You take do. Your word I word. know you do, but I do take a few L's during the during during the day. So you're right. It is a perform, but I'm not. The end of my day, there's not a bottom line. Did I win the day or lose the day? For these guys, it is. You either have more points or you don't. And if fans don't like the way you performed getting to where the end result was, I got no problem with the buoy. I I don't. But I also don't have a problem with what Joe said either. I I don't. Uh,
0: So I'm kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum here on both sides. I think there are two different perspectives. First, from Joe Mixon's perspective— don't say this. You know exactly what the response is going to be. You know exactly how it's going to come off. You know exactly what the people who do support you and do have your back and don't don't boo for you. You know how they're going to feel when you say this. So don't say it because it it never looks good on you. It never creates a positive uh, outcome for anyone involved. So... I would hope that professional athletes would understand at this point that, unfortunately, despite – I agree with Andy Dalton. It's, I don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't know what boo guy thinks he's accomplishing by booing his team. Like, is that going to make them play better? Are they going to be like, oh, now that George is up there booing, George. I'm going to be whipped into shape. I had a coach George. screaming in my face all game telling me to do better, but now that George is booing, I'm locked in. I am laser focused. George from Cleves, he got me. I, I got George from Cleves, I got you, baby. Yeah. Thanks, Dale from Villa Hills. Really appreciate that. But uh, on the flip side of it, from the fans' perspective, I, I mean, you're you're an idiot. Like, what what are you doing? I don't think you should be booing. I think you are a loser if you boo. I don't. It's your right. I guess. I guess you're allowed to. But I also hate the idea of like fans. I paid my money. It's my right. Well, the problem with that is, then it goes, it's my right to say whatever I want to these guys, which sometimes crosses the line. And then it's my right to, all of a sudden, when he ca- when a guy falls out of bounds during the NBA Finals, push him back onto the court. And then things get physical. That's where we get into those confrontations. So the whole, I paid my money, I can, I can, it's my right, is a bad mentality, I think, no, for I, fans. I, I don't think they should take that mentality.
1: I, I will say, listen, if you're a longtime Bengals supporter, good for you. But if you're fed up enough with the product then going. just just stop going. going. And yeah. I totally
0: understand that people who walk out. That makes a ton of sense to me. I'm not going to waste my afternoon watching that. I didn't. I didn't watch the rest of the game. I quit watching it in. The oh, quarter. I
1: did. I you know you had
0: to. <laughs> But I quit watching it in the third quarter. I'll fully admit that, and I think that's the that makes a ton of sense to me as a fan. But the whole sitting there booing, because one, you're just annoying everyone around you.
1: Well, I uh, and I don't know if it's just booing that performance or just it's the cumulative of the last 29 years and the last 10 games in which they're one and nine, all of the things that just pile up that you thought. I I don't know. I again, I, I do. I see. I I get. I, I it's get. It's fair booing. to
0: be pissed off. It's fair to not want to be a fan. It's fair to not want to support. But again, I just don't. The booing makes no sense. It doesn't help anyone. It it do, it's not like the players like take that to heart and like oh now we really feel like we let you down or something. They wanted to win all along. So the only thing you're doing is annoying the people you're sitting next and don't to get, don't and looking, the, looking the, don't like don't give an idiot.
1: me the tryout line either. I mean don't, don't yeah, give
0: that's me it. Me the, yeah that's yeah that's a bad line by Jim Mixon. Don't, don't give me the tryout he line. He can't say that. Like that's just a dumb thing for now, him to say. Now I will
1: also say for those of you that think it's easy, I, I, I we were in the locker room Monday. I said, can you imagine a fan trying to block that guy? And it was some. Some honestly some practice squad guy walking by. I said, Can you imagine if you put a fan up against Joe Mixon one on one and said, Go tackle that guy? I mean, come on. I mean, give me a
0: break. Well, you've I mean, seen those videos that Brian Scalabrini did oh, with yes. Arsenal, right? Yes. Where all those average Joes are like, Let me play the worst guy in the NBA. Yeah. And he just absolutely Kill mops them. the floor with Kill all of them. them. And some of them are pretty good players, but right. he's just crushing. Yeah. I mean, they don't miss these guys don't miss shots in practice. Right. Same thing with NFL players. Like the backup to the backup emergency third string quarterback in the NFL has a cannon compared if, to everyone If else. you
1: tried to catch a slant from Jake Dolagala, he would probably break your fingers, average Joe. He right. probably would break your fingers. And so. he could run over you, too. And he probably could run over you, too. Um, but I, I, it's funny. We're on opposite sides. I, I, I get the booing part, I, I, and I get Joe's frustration to the,
0: all of that. I, I'm, I, th- I think I see both sides of it, but... See, I don't understand why you you get the booing because you're similar to me in the sense that you can't even put yourself in that position as a fan. You can't get yourself to a point where you want to be that stupid and care that much that you sound dumb to be booing in a stadium around other people. Yeah. So I don't understand how you agree with it because you would never do
1: that. I guess because it's a natural fan reaction that's nothing new. I mean, it, it's not. It's been going on since the dawn of
0: time. I mean, since, since games were played. Yeah, there's a lot of people that are doing stupid things that have been doing it for a long time. If you ever booted a movie... No, but I'd like to now that you bring it up. I, I like the idea of booing at places that aren't sporting events now. Okay. I think that's a like not maybe not live performances. Obviously, the next time else.
1: I go through Frisches, if they don't have the freaking onion rings, man, I'm gonna boo like you've
0: never heard somebody you know what? boo. Next time you go to Frisches, call me, <laughs> I wanna come with you, because just in case they don't have onion rings, I wanna boo. That's the
1: well. that's the Frisches on Burlington Pike wow. by the Kroger in Burlington, Kentucky. No one rings 833 on a on a Monday night. Seriously, come no, on.
0: Normally, I would say no free advertisements, but that's not much of an advertisement. Yeah, you're right. The Bengals play at Buffalo on Sunday. Then they go to Pittsburgh for Monday night football, followed by a home game against the Cardinals, a trip to Baltimore, a home game against the Jaguars, and a trip to London to play the Rams to wrap up the first half of the season, taking us into the bye week. Thank goodness for that. When do you think the Bengals get their first win? 2022. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. Um, I'm going to go the Monday nighter at Pittsburgh. I don't know why. Yeah, why? <laughs> I I, I got to see more Mason Rudolph. Is he for real or is he just the, just another guy? Now, they, I will say, I mean, they traded Josh Dobbs um, before the season started, and that makes me want to say that they believe in Mason Rudolph if something that happened to Big Ben. I also know there's also the the uh, the Indianapolis Colts model from back in the day when they had Peyton Manning and Jim Sorge as the backup. And I can't remember the Bill Pullian line. It was is asked if something happened to, to Peyton. You know, you really don't, you never give him a snap. And he he said, "We don't practice." I can't remember what the word was. We don't practice disaster or something like that. So we'll just roll with what our guy is. So I don't know if Mason Rudolph is Jim Sorgy or Mason Rudolph's a legitimate NFL quarterback. So if he proves to be this week, then that's probably out the window. Then I have to go to Arizona. Uh, I'll, I'll go. I'll go the money nighter or Pittsburgh. I, I I don't know why. I'm and good. I'm not I'm not ruling out this weekend either, I, I need to see them take another swing at swing at this with with this group and, and watch how they bounce back to adversity because you're not exactly playing a juggernaut Sunday. You're playing a team that's 2-0 no. and, oh, and they've done some good things and they got a nice little defense and all those things. I think but the
0: but, fact that they're 2-0 oh gives you your best chance to win. Maybe. Like uh, yeah. if that team was 1-1 or 0-2, oh I'd be more worried about it.
1: But them. but out of that, I'm going to go I'll go the Monday nighter. If they I, I will say this, if they don't win one of the next 3 Boy, oh boy! I'm not sure where I find a win. That includes Jacksonville because if you ain't winning the, one of the next three, I'm not sure I can beat a depleted Jacksonville team.
0: Yeah. I, oh, I agree. I think I'm going to the Cardinals game. I think they they lose the next two, but they come back home and uh, and they beat the Cardinals. Um, what do you think the record will be after eight games midway through?
1: As it stands, the way this team's playing now, I'll I'll give them a puncher's chance at two and six.
0: Yeah, I think that I feels think they, right. I think.
1: I, I think, I think I think the Cardinal game and the Jaguars game; those are the two, are winnable. I think the next two are toss ups. I don't think there's any way they beat the Rams, and there's no way they win in Baltimore. So, um, yeah. I, so I, I think there's two games they they should win or have at least a, a good chance to win. Two that to me are kind of Buffalo and either Pittsburgh way, are winnable. Or Yeah, are winnable or either way. Yeah, and, and Rams and Rams and uh, and the trip to Baltimore, no way.
0: Yeah. I, th- I think I agree with that.
1: What happens if you're 0-8 at the bye week, though? Do we have to go all the way to Miami to think there's a win? Or the, jet- the Jets are in there somewhere? The Jets too. are in there, yeah. Thank goodness for the Jets.
0: Man, I can- it's hard to even fathom what this city would be like after the way the Reds finished this season. If the Bengals go 0-8 to start the season. Listen, dude.
1: Listen. They had 50,000 people. That's all. 50,000 people for the home opener of a new regime. I don't want to tell you where this city is with this football team. Right After now. they
0: played pretty well the week before and people were right. seemingly I, positive. Well, I think I that with.
1: might have got them to 50,000.
0: I agree. I think it would have been 42. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's,
1: that's. Wake up. All I can tell you down at Paul Brown Stadium is wake the frick up.
0: Not a great time to be a Cincinnati sports fan. No. UC will keep the victory bell for another year after beating up on the Miami Redhawks 35-10 on Saturday. Honestly, don't, don't don't talk with so much glee in your voice with that, my friend. Good gracious. Miami jumped out to a 10-0 lead after the first quarter, but UC outscored the Redhawks 35-3 the rest of the way. My question for you is, is your faith restored in UC after the Bearcats 35-10 win over Miami of Ohio?
1: Not really. Um... I didn't think their offensive line was very good. The offensive
0: line is a major issue.
1: The first quarter, they were a mess. They got better as the game went along.
0: I give a lot of credit to the coaching staff for that. I do, too. They really adjust well, and they've done that twice now. I know,
1: and and they're doing it with smoke and mirrors. They really and truly are. You know, what did Mike Warren run for? 123, something like that? 73 of them on the one run? And a
0: lot of it's him. And a lot
1: of it's him. He's He's breaking a
0: lot of tackles.
1: Des Ritters playing hurt, and this bye week, honestly, it's funny. They got a bye week this week. We'll get to our betting lines in a minute, but UC is on a bye this week. Uh, before they play out Marshall. And it probably comes at a good time to get that shoulder of his some, some rest because I think they're going to have to rely on that, that his arm a lot more than what
0: they're doing right now. I do too. The problem I see with that is – I, I don't know how mu- how much right now it is that he's hurt or how much of it is that he's worried and losing confidence no, because I, he's I, con- constantly under pressure.
1: Yeah, I, maybe a little bit of both. I do think the injury is real. I mean, I don't even oh, think uh, the injury I, is real. The
0: injury is definitely real. I mean, he took a legit yeah. hit. I just wonder how much of it is getting gun shy and worrying about when's the next big hit coming because he's under fire he is, at all He, times. he really I mean, is. it's, it's now, sort of Banglesque with the offensive line. Now, situation.
1: the one thing that restored my faith is the defense. You know, they got punched around a little bit early and then kind of settled in, dominated the way they should dominate. I thought, honestly, if you go back to the Ohio State game, I didn't think the defense was awful. You're, you're, Look, if you see, I think I said this last week, if you see it played great on defense at Ohio State, they're still giving up 28 points. I of mean, course. Ohio State's had good offensively. So they... they pretty much had their way with a bad UCLA team defensively, had their way with Miami defensively, played respectably well defensively against a really good Ohio State offense. So I believe you can hang your hat on that, but I think that's they want to hang their hat on that in the running game, and I don't know when... I don't know how you're, you're fixing the running game. I don't.
0: I, I think you saw the, this, a similar start in the UCLA game as you did this Miami yeah. game. Oh, where yeah. You started slow on both sides I was, of the honestly, football. That what first quarter,
1: I, I texted my friend Tony Pike, our friend Tony Pike, and, and he and I do a, the Angry Quarterback podcast on Tuesday, and I said – Man, this offensive line is a mess, and he just texted me back one word or two words: "Not great." And and I'm watching, thinking they're in trouble. Yeah, I, I they felt I thought, that way. For I a little thought bit. they were in real, real, real trouble of losing that game. They obviously didn't. In fact, they they really dominated from the second quarter on, midway through the second quarter on.
0: Yeah, and a lot of that was because the defense really yes. did shape up. Yes, um, I I I give a lot of credit to the coaching staff for that because I mean, if you go back to that UCLA game against Chip Kelly, a lot of the the struggles early where they were just getting confused with all the shifts. Kelly was doing tons of pre snap shifts and um, unbalanced lines and everything else. And just the personnel was, they were getting all screwed up. So I think a lot of it was, hey, this is what they're doing. Stay home here. You got him. You know, read your adjustment, read your keys. And they figured it all out. This game was a little bit different, but I think the, the defense needs to bring it on a more consistent basis for this UC team to be who they want to be because that offensive line isn't going to dominate in the run game.
1: Mike, and that's the thing. I don't know what the fi- what's the fix. The fix is getting James Hudson eligible. Oh, no, wait, that won't happen until yeah, yeah. now. I don't even know if that's the complete fix either. That's part of it, and that doesn't come until
0: next year. Yeah, and I don't think for the offensive line there is much of a fix, but I do think this defense, is it's still got some young playmakers on it. There's still a group that's kind of gelling together, I think. I do think they can get better as the season goes on because they show flashes. I mean, they really did dominate two and a half, three and a half quarters of this game.
1: Yeah, and, and obviously not facing an Ohio State level talent the rest of the way, although UCF offensively is pretty, dy- UCF is pretty dynamic, really, nobody really else is, Houston's got the quarterback as a nice player, but their defense is a, is a out and out
0: sieve, yeah. Mem- Memphis is, Memphis decent. is good, I like, yeah.
1: I, I do, I like Memphis a lot, but you're, you know, you're, you've, you've already faced your biggest challenge and did okay, and while UCLA is not very good, they're still probably, if you plop them in the American, I think they're a 500 team in the American, probably right. It's
0: the type of win UC needs to get. Like yes, that's, yeah, that's a yes. nice win. But I'm just
1: talking from a, from from a talent perspective. So you're you've, you've matched up with kind of that
0: already, in my opinion. I agree. I think mid mid tier. I don't. I mean, it's not UCF, but it's everyone else kind of. I thought this
1: was a UC one. team capable of getting 10 wins if things went right. I I think eight and four feels more right now.
0: I do too. The I Marshall
1: th- game is going to be hard. The only good part is again you're coming off the bye week, so you get a chance to get some guys back, fix whatever you need to fix uh, schematically, if you will,
0: and. And, and have an extra week to prepare, so that's going to help. It feels like this is the type of team that'll have like a slip up on the road that you wouldn't sure, expect. Sure, and then you'll have those other couple right. of maybe toss up games where they're not going to win them all. Um, but it's a it's a good team, but there are concerns. I'll go with the, I'll go back to what you said originally, though, is that they definitely made me feel better after the first quarter of that game that they're they're getting back on track but i don't i'm not entirely sold that they're as good as a lot of people thought coming in right, the season that right. could a team that could win 10 games right all right miami coach chuck martin caused some controversy monday while talking about the red hawks upcoming game against ohio state on saturday martin said quote it's kind of like going to recess and they have the first 85 picks end quote the red hawks are 39 point underdogs in that game Skinny, do you have an issue with what Chuck Martin said about his team?
1: And if you're wondering what he means by that, 85 scholarship players, and they get the they they have the best 85. No, I think it's funny. Actually, I I kind of get a kick out of it. And he's right. I, I honestly, how many guys on Miami's team were under consideration by Ohio State? You think?
0: Uh, probably zero. Well, In terms consideration, consideration. I'm not I'm talking about offers. Oh, okay. Like how many got a, a letter let's, sent to let, him? Fifty six. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: The, the letter is a sophomore, the, the form letter. That right. You stick I don't in the think shoebox.
0: Ohio state recruited. However, they do have a couple of guys that are getting NFL looks that could play yes. for Ohio state now. Yes. At this point yeah. Here. And
1: that happens too. you just develop into that kind of a player. Um, no, I no, I no, I I don't
0: because it's true. I, I'm he, people lighten up, okay? He's he's it's self deprecating humor. Yeah, there, I, it's not like he's going into the locker room and telling his players we, we, got, no we got no chance. He's no. talking this up in the media, saying, "Yeah, see at them laughing at us. Yeah, see at everyone agreeing with what I say." You know, like, I mean, he it's not like he believes this or his players believe this in the locker room. So, no, I have zero issue. Hey, listen, the players know. Exactly. They None know. of his players are offended by this. People thinking that this is like somehow, um, I, I don't know, putting your your team down or throwing them under the bus. It's silly. Lighten up. No, like, uh, Cam Butler, Cam Butler
1: who went to Covcath, starts on the defensive line. Actually, he's a really had nice a player. Great game. He had a great game. Yes, yes, he did. I thought he had, he had a great game. Cam Butler was not recruited by Ohio State, but don't you think Cam Butler's excited to go play Ohio State? I I know I would be as a player of knowing that, listen, hey... They didn't recruit me. I'm probably not gonna. But you know what? I get a chance to line up toe to toe with those guys. This will be great. I'm looking forward to the challenge. Yeah, it's the chip on your
0: shoulder, yeah. right? It's the same thing U C wanted to say. They don't respect right. us. They didn't recruit right. us. They don't. They they think they're Ohio's team. Well, Miami probably doesn't have it at the level of U C. They know it's a little bit more of a long shot, but they're feeling the same way. They didn't recruit us. They don't want us. They think they're gonna walk all over us. Yeah. So you go out and you say something self deprecating in front of the media and say, I mean, what else is Chuck Martin gonna say? No, I guarantee a win on Saturday. Yeah, and That'll I'm, go even better. And
1: if you want to get the crux behind the truth, if you line both teams up, knowing who the players are, their pedigree, all those things, and you just said, all right, Ohio State, you get the first 85 picks. How many of their own players do you think they're taking and how many of Miami's? By eighty,
0: I mean it's probably seventy something. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, he's actually pretty damn close. Yeah, and I mean we're you know we're leaving off like a couple kickers and stuff. Sure. there probably right, to get right, to that yeah, number. Right. right. So, but, no, I like I think it was funny. I, I get a kick out of it. I, I liked it as well. All right, skinny. Let's get to our betting lines. All and right, you've got the updated uh, total there. Right?
1: Yes, I yes I do. Last week not so good. I went into last week seventeen and six. I went five and seven. I got swept in the Miami game. I swept the Ohio State game. We, we both pushed the Kentucky game. Believe it or not, it was eight, and we both hit the number on the head thanks to that jet sweep at the end. Uh, costed us, and we'll get to this. Also at the total on the head And the total at 50. I got swept in the Carolina-Tampa Bay game, the Thursday nighter. I got swept in the Bengal game. I split the Sunday night game. I had Atlanta in the over. And I swept the Monday nighter with Cleveland in the under. You went six and six. You split UC. So we both swept Ohio State. Uh, you split Carolina. You had you had Carolina, but you took the under. Uh, you got swept in the Bengal game. You split the Atlanta game, same as I did with Atlanta in the over, and you split the Jets game. You had the Jets in the under. Um, the Jets are a train wreck. They're a, they're a five. Well, I mean, circus
0: mess when you don't have a quarterback that uh, that, makes it difficult. and
1: some guys on defense too. So for the season though, I'm still a solid twenty two and thirteen. And you're a solid twenty and fifteen. So, you're plus a handful of units there. You were
0: bound to take a step yeah. back from the way you started the first listen, two. You listen, listen,
1: fire. listen, gambling mavens. There's always, I like to call it the market correction. If you are good at this, honestly, if you're really good at this, you're 60% hits. That's about what you are. So, if you're, for those of you that are new to the game of gambling, A, be careful. All right. Be careful with what you're doing. B, don't go to any of those services that tout you. I'm, "Um, this is Johnny DeMarco. I'm 19 and one in my last 20. Call right now for your free. Because it's not, you're not going to get, you're not going to, he's not 19 and one. Stu Finer. Stu Finer, man. Ain't nobody finer than (laughs) Stu Finer. Big fat bowling guy. Uh... Yeah, I was due for a market correction. Let's just go there. I'm going to take my 22 and 13 and still be pleased with the with Heck the yeah. with the profit percentage. All right, here we go. All
0: right, starting on Saturday at 3:30, we've got that Miami at OSU game. The Buckeyes are favored by 39. As we mentioned, the total in that game is 58. Uh, I'll
1: go 54 to seven Ohio State.
0: I'm going 52 10 Ohio State.
1: So we both got Ohio State <laughs>
0: covering and, and the, the over.
1: over. So all right, that was pretty. That was pretty. I, no offense. I the 39 number it looks great and you think oh man they're going to hang around as soon as as soon as ohio state goes up 21 nothing the avalanche cuz the problem is then the offense will go 3 and out it'll be a short field and then suddenly it's 28 and then there's a turnover and then it's 35 and then you're looking and going man why did i take the 39
0: this is a prime teaser game too cuz yes. you know they're going to cover 33 or something that's so. probably about right yeah um and the total there being 58 i mean OSU is going to score 50 points. Just start yeah, there. So I, if you think Miami's going to score at all, they're probably going to hit the exactly on that game. It. I'm with you. All right, Saturday at 4 o'clock, you've got UK at Mississippi State. Mississippi State is six-point favorites. The total is 48 and a half.
1: Well, I vowed to not watch another snap of Kentucky football this year after watching Saturday's debacle, the missed field goal, the terrible penalty call that cost them, the the the, the targeting, which we're going to get into after this gambling segment because I, the officiating's. Making me nauseating. I, I thought Kentucky did a lot of good things. I thought Sawyer Smith did enough good things to start to believe in him. Mississippi State just lost to Kansas State. They had Their two wins before that were over nobodies. At Southern Miss, I think, in Louisiana, and they weren't exactly dynamic. I think Kentucky can win this game outright. At the very least, it's a close game. I will go Mississippi State 24-20. So Kentucky covers and it goes under.
0: Interesting. We're, we're very close on this score, but there is a key difference here. I'm going Mississippi State 28, Kentucky 20. So Mississippi State will cover. Mm, um, and I'm it stays st- under. I'm staying under by a half a point. I'm with you, though. I do think UK with Sawyer Smith can go out and win this game. They looked pretty good for most of the game against Florida. I mean, let's
1: face it, the kid makes the field goal, then it's up to your defense to get a stop in the last 57 seconds. And you beat Florida. And you
0: beat Florida. Now, granted, they lost their quarterback, but I'm not so sure that wasn't an upgrade. No,
1: he played the, the Travis kid came <laughs> in and played great.
0: Yeah. So, but that being said, we're still talking about a Kentucky team that I just I don't quite believe in, and they're going on the road to Mississippi State with a backup quarterback playing a second game. I'm just it's not buying. Lot. They're pulling off no, that win. No, it wouldn't, right. it wouldn't surprise ask. me. I'm going to stay away from this game. In actuality, I'm I, not betting this on. I'm pretty sure I will too on this weekend.
1: But we have to. We have to make a call on it. So we both made the call. Right.
0: All right. NFL games. We got the uh, Thursday night game at 8:20. Tennessee is one and a half point favorites over Jacksonville. The total in that game is 39. I, I'm going to
1: go Jacksonville. Uh, you Man, know, we are right they, on. They, each they, other. They, they played pretty well. Um, obviously, had a chance to the two point conversion and the win. I think everybody got over their skis, myself included, because I took them on my confidence league laying three and a half against Indy, thinking, all right, they're back home. I'm not overly wowed by the win in Cleveland, but it impressed me enough. And, you know, Indy's dealing with a backup quarterback. And Indy goes in there and wins. Tennessee just, they bother me. I don't know why they bother me, but they bother me. Um,
0: They're so average.
1: I think Jacksonville's pretty good. Again, you're dealing with the whole quarterback situation. Hey, here's the thing. Week one, they lost to the Chiefs. If they'd have had... Nick Foles for the entire game, they were probably still going to what? Lose to the Chiefs. Chiefs right. This last game, you're on the road and you almost pull off a, a an upset in Houston. I think Jacksonville's a decent enough team. I'll go Jacksonville 21-13. So I'll give them the cover and the under.
0: Look Look at that score right there. What's that say? Did type it in? Yeah.
1: I, Jacksonville 21-13. That's hilarious.
0: Yeah. So I, there we go. The thing for me is whenever Tennessee plays a good defense, I just don't trust a Mariota. Like, right. I just, no, I just yeah, think they right. are not going to move right. the ball.
1: Right. And you look at what they did last week. They were great defensively on the road against Houston. Look, you're not shutting the Chiefs down. The, no. the Chiefs are like the Ohio State. They're scoring in the 20s. Every week. Every, every week at the very minimum. So I give them a pass for that. So there we
0: go. All right, on to Sunday. All right, Sunday at 1. The Bengals are in Buffalo. The Bills are six-point favorites. The total is 44. Man, oh man, oh man.
1: I mean, Buffalo, just, they, they bug me too because I don't think they're very good, and we know what the Bengals are. <laughs> uh, this league is such a goofy league. I'm going to go Buffalo... with a field goal at the gun so I'm going to go Bengals
0: cover and the over I'm going to go Buffalo 28 Bengals 20
1: you think Buffalo can score? Well, scored twenty eight on the Giants. I guess. I guess. Did I bet. you
0: watch the Bengals tackle last I, I, week? I, I did. I. I did. I'm with you that the Bills are not that good. However, and, and if you are not added, that far off.
1: I gave them twenty four. I'm you're only four points higher than I am.
0: Right. And if you factor in the idea that the Bengals gave up six plays of over thirty I yards know, of it's last week, that's insane. That's not so much about another team being great offensively. Those are breakdowns that you're giving up. Dude,
1: they had five hundred and three yards through three quarters. If they'd kept put the, kept the foot on the pedal, it would have been six hundred and fifty yards allowed. I'm with you. I get it. Th-
0: that's what I'm saying. I just. I just I, don't see them I, stopping I, anyone. I've also watched the Josh Allen experience enough
1: times to know that he's not
0: the best. Well, you might not be wrong there. So I've got uh, Buffalo covering and the over in that game. All right, which brings us to the Sunday night game, eight twenty, LA at Cleveland. The Rams are favored by three. The total is forty nine and a half.
1: I'm all in on the Browns in this one. I'm I'm, really? not a, I'm not a big Rams guy. I didn't think they were a playoff team when the season started. They're off to a nice start. I think Cleveland bounced back the way Cleveland needed to bounce back. I'm going to go Browns 27 23 so I'm going to go Browns and the over.
0: Well, this should give us a little separation then. I am going with the Rams here, 27 17. So I've got the Rams You only covering. have them scoring
1: 17 at home. I yes. know they scored 13 at home in the in the, in the in the first game, but I think they're going offense is going to keep getting better.
0: I'm you might not be wrong, but I am going Rams by 10 and the under in that one. I'm a uh, Cleveland isn't what they showed the first week. They're better than that. I think the Rams are a little bit better than than you think. All right. The final game there is the Monday night game. Who scheduled this eight fifteen. You've got Dub Bears at Washington. Geesh, Luis. The Bears are four point favorites. The total is forty one and a half. Bears suck. These teams suck. That's my. Fa- you need to drop that in at least for one game each week because yeah. that was my favorite part of last week's podcast. Yeah.
1: I th- look. I'm not. I. The bear, the Bears last year were a nice team. They did what they needed to do to to win games. Other than having a field goal hit, hit the crossbar and the sidebar yeah, and the end bar, you'll have that. Look, they were the. I give Eddie Pinheiro credit for the 58. God love you, kid. You came in and made the field goal. But the double doink. It might have been the worst call ever. The roughing the passer on Bradley Chubb. I'm not sure how the league can watch that anymore and not immediately make. I'm serious. Immediately make sweeping rule changes to stop with this overprotectiveness in the league. Hey, listen, before I I said, you got me on my diatribe now. Now I'm on my officiating diatribe. All right, let's make the pick in this game, then we're going to go on my officiating okay, diatribe. go ahead. I, I'm going to go Washington 23 17. I think the Bears are bad. I think Washington is bad, but they're at home, so we'll give them 23 points. So I'm going to go Washington with the outright
0: win. And it stays under the total. We're uh, almost dead on the score, but to flip flop the teams. I've got Chicago twenty four, Washington seventeen. So Chicago covers and it stays the under. Stays ba- barely on there. All right, let's go back to the officiating. Right, it's off. Did you see the Bradley Chubb call? I did. Okay,
1: terrible. What is he supposed? How does an official see that and call that roughing the passer?
0: I don't understand it, but my my bigger thing is all these protective rules and all the quarterbacks are hurt.
1: For on the record, I didn't have a wager on that game. I did not. I'm in a confidence league, and I still had the Denver getting two and a half, so I actually won the game still. So it did not affect my outcome, so it's not skewed by that. Because let's face it, sometimes your outlook on things, because probably my outlook on the Kentucky game that I'm going to get to in a second is probably skewed by my Kentucky fandom. But how in the world can anyone call that roughing the passer? it's because the league has gotten so overprotective listen I, I get if somebody goes after somebody helmet to helmet and leads with the crown of the helmet believe it or not that rule has been in place for years and it's never been enforced nor called let's get back to that that if you lead with the crown of the helmet you are intentionally trying to hurt someone we're asking officials to make subjective calls anyway. That was a subjective call. There's no by-the-book on that. Holding can be a subjective call. Pass interference can be... So, Because I've heard the argument of, well, how are, you, how are you going to rule intent? That's their job. They, they're going to have to decide, did that guy try to injure that guy? And there's no way, when you watch what Bradley Chubb did, that he was trying to injure him, he's trying to sack the quarterback from behind. He hit him... Barely after he threw the pass, I mean, barely. He's coming hundred miles an hour. He's not going to pull up. He can't pull up. There's no reason to expect him to pull up. And then, to Bradley Chubb's credit, I might have even give you the benefit of the doubt if he had taken him and driven him to the ground. Because remember, that was the popular call. What right. last year, the year before, and uh, it kind of got eased by the wayside a little bit because it got to be the, t- to the point of ridiculous. Yeah. Please stop with that. It's almost getting the point. I can't watch, and I want to watch. I love football. Yes. I'm almost the point where every, every play I hold my breath going, oh, my God, here comes the flag. There was one in the Michigan State game, Michigan State-Arizona State. Michigan State, linebacker, defensive end. He's coming off the edge, and he got low around the tackle in order to do so. He's low to the ground, and he by the time he comes out from under the wash of the tackle, he then bends back towards the quarterback. He is at about the quarterback's knee level. Right, and the quarterback dropped. No, no, the quarterback's still standing straight.
0: Oh, okay, uh, I thought this one was dropped.
1: Yeah, no, he's, he's still But... He dives at his knees because that's the only thing he can do from where he's at. They call it a necessary roughness for hitting his knees. I mean, what what are you supposed to do? And the Kentucky call, the, the targeting call on the quarterback sack on the Florida quarterback, the one that I think honestly changed the momentum of the game. Twenty one sixteen, 21-16, Florida second and 11 at about their own 40. Guy drops back. One guy gets him around the ankles and spins him. The other guy comes around from the top. And as he launches himself, the defensive tackle, he leads with a shoulder pad. His helmet is down a little bit, but he's not trying to hit the quarterback helmet to helmet. He's trying to make a form tackle.
0: Yeah, he's putting his face mask right in him.
1: Correct. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the Florida quarterback, which, look, you're getting sacked. You're going to try to get in the fetal position a little bit. He starts to go down. So where does his helmet naturally go? In down. Yep. And they hit helmet to helmet. It was There was no intent to hit him in the helmet.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of that. You see where the just guys are sliding or dropping, and and they get hit. The, now, so I'm kind of I agree with what you're saying about the quarterback stuff. It is getting really hard to watch, and they're getting overprotective with the quarterbacks, and it's just really hard. I think for the the refs to officiate it. To be yes. Honest. Um, But I will say on the flip side, my brother and I were watching the, the, I think it was the Sunday night game, or maybe it was the Monday night game, and there was a play where a ball was thrown and a wide receiver was hung out to dry, jumped up in the air, and you just see the safety coming, has him teed up. He could clock him, could take his head off, and we're just thinking he's going to get decapitated. Instead, safety pulls up, plays the ball because he knows if he – hits him, he's going to get called for targeting, plays the ball, makes a hell of a play on the ball. The guy still gets banged up a little bit because he kind of gets clotheslined, but I'm. we both said in the moment, you go, you know what? That's where all these all these overprotective rules on hitting receivers and defenseless receivers have worked. That is a great play. I'd much rather see instead of that dude getting a concussion right there and being out. I'd much rather see the safety make a heck of a play on the ball, and we go on and, and, and go to play the next play. But, we don't have a but, fifteen minute injury, but, but break. you know
1: what? Sometimes the safety has to hit him hard in order to dislodge the ball,
0: and that's fine. It's and, all
1: a timing mechanism.
0: And, and and
1: look, you you've watched enough football. We've all watched enough football. People say you know you when you watch a play, you know if there's intent and. Listen, if there's intent, Toss the son of a bitch out of the game right then. I'm good with that. If there's intent and you know when there's intent. Hell, back in the day in college football, I used to scream till I was blue in the face because college football, when you're down, you're down. And it, I'm telling you, this is go back and look at some old YouTube stuff. You, you'll be amazed. When guys were down and you see a guy come in with his helmet and like hit a guy in the ribs or hit a guy in the back, A, you're already down, so you're not you shouldn't be allowed to hit him and they let it him yeah. go. They, they you do that today, kick him out. I'm fine with any of that stuff. But it's just
0: gotten way too over the freaking top. Well, I think the problem. With that the, Kentucky call was was embarrassingly bad. It was really bad. I was I was watching the game at the time, and obviously I was betting on uh, Florida to cover well, the then, eight and, and a half, then, so I the, was for it. But. On the
1: next drive, a pass goes out of bounds. A Kentucky player and a Florida player are jaw. A Florida player literally takes his head and headbutts him, and right with the official standing there,
0: that was intent to me. That's the stuff to that, stop that nonsense. Yeah, I think that the gray area when you start talking about intent, where it gets tough, is like some of this stuff isn't. It's not. It's not a matter of intent. It is. It's too dangerous to play. Now, the quarterback stuff you're talking about, I agree with you 100. percent But some of the other stuff, like the helmet-to-helmet hits, especially on those passes where receivers have no shot, I do think the rules have changed the game for the maybe, better. Maybe. And it, it, granted, we've had to watch some awful calls to get to this point.
1: It's getting unwatchable. I'm telling you, I, 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 I vowed Saturday night, and I know I'm going to break my vow because I'll be somewhere Saturday in Buffalo watching college football when I land. But, um. I thought I wasn't going to watch another snap of college football this year. I I was that mad at it. I thought, because I watched enough plays that day to think, that was one of the UC game where a guy got called for for targeting. He wasn't targeting. Des Ritter started to slide as this guy starts to come in to make a tackle. At that point, was he supposed to be Superman and suddenly freeze himself and not not do it? And look, Des Ritter slid, but it was literally at the last second he decided to slide. How do you know as a guy, as you're coming in to make a tackle, that at the last second he's going to slide? How do I avoid that? I yeah. don't. I can't.
0: Yeah, I, I can't don't. assume. Look, Des Ritter's a pretty good runner, right? I thought that guy had enough time. I thought that was an easy I call, I did Okay. Alright, that's fair enough. But I, I, but, I think your point is a good one. The, my bigger issue with it is, I think we are seeing a decrease in the amount of receivers that are getting blown up in the head and, and getting targeted. I don't think this is these rules are protecting quarterbacks. Look at how many quarterbacks are injured, both in the college and right. professional game, that are high leverage star players. We aren't protecting those guys. They're still getting hurt. So, like, I just don't know that these rules are really working, and they are making the game unwatchable when it comes to the quarterback stuff because it's so—
1: Because all you're doing is holding your breath on every play of, oh, God, did my guy just barely touch him in the helmet? I mean, the Kentucky and play, as, as, as soon as the flag went, I went, oh, no, he barely—come on. You've got to be kidding me. The calls are
0: getting bizarre and inconsistent. The Chubb one, come on. I mean, honestly, yeah, the, the Chubb ch- one's off. I mean, well, come so on. I, that, that, honestly, that referee should, should be banned. He should be banned. Across the NFL, though, it feels like the officiating's been terrible. It's terrible. Not, not just from You know why, that. though? Here's why. You're asking them to do too much. Yeah, there's way too many rules, and they change every year. Yes. They change every year. I've said that for long. The, the NFL rulebook is way for, too complicated. Look
1: for the egregious penalty, whether it's an egregious hold. Look, do I have my hand on your, your, your shoulder f- pad for a second? Okay, that's one thing. That, to me, is not a hold. Do I bear hug you and take you to the ground? Do I grab your shirt on the perimeter as as a tackle when you're coming around the edge and I prevent you from going to the next spot? Call that stuff, please. Please call that. A little hand combat down the field. Stop. Just stop. Let the game flow. Just stop throwing flags all the freaking time. And honestly, it really isn't on the officials. It's on the rules makers. Stop doing it. Stop making too many rules.
0: Yeah, and quit changing them every, every single, single year, year so that they have to learn an entire new rulebook I still, entire honestly, points of emphasis. As I said today, I still don't know what a catch is in the NFL. But, I'm not sure I understand what a catch is. Well, and here's the problem. They want this because it's all part of the soap opera that is the NFL, uh, do, do the they drama, really want this? the reality show. Yes, because fans get mad. They tweet at them. They interact. I know you say you don't want to watch, but... but People complaining and being mad at the NFL is good for business. They oh, I'm like mad that at college people football get mad too. Well, I I'm with you on that. I don't I don't think the I don't like refs. I don't like refs in anything. I don't dislike refs. I just don't like them. They're I don't. Bad listen, listen,
1: refs of Northern Kentucky high school basketball. I don't just like you. Yes, he does. You know, no, I have a good rapport with ninety-two percent of them. There's one guy that I think is incompetent and shouldn't be officiating, and I'll leave him. <laughs> Call nameless. him out. I now leave him nameless. Call him out. He made me rip off my my, my shirt last year in a game. Who, when I was coaching? Who is he? I can't do it.
0: Tag him. I just tag can't him do on Twitter. It. He
1: knows who he. You know who you are, sir. Oh wow. You okay. know who you are.
0: Speaking of injured I had to quarterbacks... Tell
1: him, I had to tell him a rule. That, that'll, that's all. I had to tell him two rules in a game. You know what? That's all you
0: need to know. I bet that's not the first time you've told a ref a
1: Probably rule. not. And I actually got one rule wrong that I told a ref on. So there you go. So <laughs> I'm sometimes wrong, too. Sorry. All right, there's my, that was my... I got another soapbox coming up here in a minute.
0: Steelers quarterback Ben Roethlisberger is out for the season. It was announced Monday that he would undergo surgery on his right elbow and be placed on the injured list after he was hurt in Sunday's loss to the Seahawks. It's worth noting the Steelers also traded their first-round pick in 2020 for Dolphins defensive back Minka Fitzpatrick, Skinny, where do you think the Steelers rank in the AFC North after a wild week? That's all them lose their quarterback and add a talented young defensive back.
1: I I picked them second in the division with at nine and seven before the year started, behind the ten and six Browns. Then I had the Bengals at seven and nine. I had the Ravens at six and ten. So I'm probably way off on the Ravens, although I'm still not quite sold on them yet.
0: Oh, well, the I don't know if you need to be sold on them to be not be sold on the rest of the
1: yeah, division. but. The, the Steelers I thought were nine and seven if a lot of things went right and a lot of that included Ben staying healthy. Um Mason Rudolph might be the second coming. And you know what? We've seen who knew what Tom Brady was before Tom Brady took over. Who knew what Kurt Warner was before Kurt Warner took over? So you've seen it happen. So I I mean this guy could be who knew what Ben was till Ben got his chance, right? right. I mean he was a, just a guy from a little college who, in in
0: in Ohio. Who knew what Ben was after he got his chance? Well, there's that too. He loved to the Super Bowl and yeah, didn't play no, all that well. No, right. I mean
1: And then he became a uh, Hall of Famer. He's an yeah. absolute surefire, no doubt in my mind, first ballot Hall of Famer. Yep. All right? That's the career he's had. So they're, they're going to miss him a lot. I like the trade. Um, they needed some help on the back end. I think this is what the Steelers are really good at doing this. They got Joe Hayden a couple years ago. Um, they see a deficiency, and they try to go fix that deficiency. Um, you know, I, I think they – look, they got some other issues. James Connor's not Le'Veon Bell. Juju, Schu- Juju Smith-Schuster's not A.B. Um, so they've they've lost two dudes. I mean, let's face that their offensive line is eh, okay. And now you lost your quarterbacks. You have lost out of your big three on offense. You've lost. You're now minus all three.
0: And three. their defense isn't any good. That's
1: right. Uh, they they've since Ryan Shazier got hurt, they've been searching. Uh, there was yeah. the, that was the heart and soul of that defense. Devin Bush has been okay. He's no. not been awful. He's not been dynamic. And I didn't expect him to be totally dynamic. The secondary is the biggest problem with. Yeah, their and, and I know I, I know there's some that are going to look and go. Well, wait a minute, the Steelers could go four and twelve, and they could be in the top ten of the draft. All right, I'm getting you a top 10 draft pick right here in Minka Fitzpatrick. I'm getting you that guy who's already proven he can play in the league.
0: Yeah, I don't hate that trade. I don't, I, f-
1: I don't know if he's a pro bowler or all pro guy, but I'm giving you a, a bona fide a starting cornerback quarter, in this league. Mm-hmm. Can you guarantee that whatever guy I take in the first 10, 10 picks is going to be a bona fide starter in this league? Ask the Bengals. Right. No, <laughs> I ask a lot of teams. Yeah. So no, I, I don't I don't hate the trade. I I do think, though, that without – it feels like a 5-11 and 11 team. Yeah. I mean, they're only two, the, 2 right now. I'm, I'm trying to give them five wins with Mason Rudolph.
0: I mean, I think – I think the they're Bengals, worst team, I the think they're
1: worst team in the division, and that includes the Bengals. And really? that's why I think they can go to go Monday night and win that game.
0: I, I think it's between them and the Bengals. They're battling yeah. out now. I mean, I think it's very clearly Baltimore and Cleveland at the top of the division, and since yeah, then, no, Pittsburgh I, at the bottom, yeah, and that's no, crazy right, to right, say, right. I feel right. like. No, it is
1: crazy to say, because the, the run of success for Pittsburgh has been so good. But I think for them – one of two things: if they think Mason Rudolph's our guy, you've now—if let's just say he proves it as the year goes on—you've got your your replacement for Ben. You then can attack something else in the second round of the draft next year. You've added a starting corner so in in this trade. You still need to add a few more parts, but they're probably not that far away from flipping this thing around if Mason Rudolph is, is the, guy. the guy and or if Ben can come back, and I think that's a huge if at that age. I I, I asked Tony Pike about it on our podcast. Uh, he hurt his shoulder as a as a professional and didn't, didn't make it back. Um, this is basically akin to a pitcher having Tommy John surgery uh, and making it
0: back at age 38. That's a big ask, man. Especially for a guy who's been immobilized for the last four years of his career anyway. Right, right. I was just thinking about this because I cover Xavier, obviously. The overlap for Xavier fans that are also Bengals fans... Tough year for those fans in terms of villains because you lose Ben Roethlisberger and ah! Mick Cronin in the same, same year. year. Those are two guys that you have loved rooting against for a long, long time in this city. You have loathed, yeah. And I mean, those are two of the best all-time that's villains for a, for local good. sports fans. That's a good call. You lose both of them in the same year. It's going to be like you're, it's going to hard to be able to conjure up all that passion. I, I think
1: it will be hard for Xavier fans to dislike John Brandon. They can continue to dislike UC. it will be I, easy. But I get it, but John Brandon's is a pretty likable guy, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, UC is going to have to beat him up here the first couple of right. years or something for right. Xavier fans to really be like, we hate that guy. And you can't hate, hate Mason Rudolph yet, because you don't even know about Mason Yeah, Rudolph. I mean, he's totally nondescript at this point. Yeah, it's, I, To me, it's like, I hate Ben Roethlisberger the, as, a, as a Bengals fan, but not having him around will be kind of like, Oh, yeah. that's not as fun. Like I, this, I like this, hating. This him.
1: question was posed to me. Let's say the Steelers go five and eleven, whatever it is. Um, does Mike Tomlin survive, or do they just say, "You know what? Not your fault. I get it." Um, that's a good you, question. You kind of let the AB thing spiral out of control, and I mean, I mean, be- they, they almost made the playoffs last year. They were they need all they needed was Baltimore to lose, which they almost did on the final day, um, and yeah. that would have put them in the playoffs. But this would be two straight years without the playoffs. Five and eleven, maybe a new quarterback, maybe time for the whole regime change. I think. It, I think Mike Tomlin's a really good coach.
0: I think it'd have to be less than six wins. I mean, I think it'd have to be five or less for it to be considered. Because if you're close and a to, coaching blunder or two it, along the way, if you're close to five hundred without Ben Roethlisberger losing your start, I thought they were quarter, barely
1: a five hundred team with Ben Roethlisberger. I
0: did. So if you're still there without right. him, I don't think you can fire him at that point. I I do think the. Antonio Brown situation and how that all happened and you lose two stars in the same year and just seems like the locker room was a little bit fractured over the last two seasons. I do think that plays a role in it. So if you have a a year that seems really disappointing, I think it'd be a little bit easier to get rid of him because of the, the locker room stuff. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's wrap it up with this. The New York Giants on Tuesday named Daniel Jones the starting quarterback abruptly ending the Eli Manning era in a city in which he brought the team two Super Bowl titles in 16 seasons. My question is simply... Is Eli Manning a Hall of Famer? That is such a good question. Oh man. To me it's to me it's it's easy.
1: No. I'm gonna say yeah, because I, I, I know you can't be measured completely on Super Bowl titles, but I also can't discount them. And let alone one, he got two. I can't discount that. Was he one of the best quarterbacks in his era? Probably, Yeah, no problem. One of the best. But was I mean, he an upper of echelon? Is elite. I know that. And that's, is Tony Romo a Hall of Famer? Hell no, no. I agree with that. But some people will make a Tony Romo is Tony. a hell of a lot better than Eli Manning. And you're also in this era of, of Ben, in my opinion, is a no doubt Hall of Famer. I would agree with that. Drew Brees is a Hall of Famer. I would agree with that. Tom Brady is a Hall of Famer. I would agree with that. Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Famer. Agreed. I mean, so that's a lot of just quarterbacks that are kind of in the same realm as Hall of Famers. Right. And are you putting him? Am I missing him- somebody? I might be missing somebody, too, in that
0: group. Maybe. But are you putting him in that same
1: group? No. No, probably not. But I, I go back to, and that's why this is such a great and polarizing topic, because he won- I, I think he- I think everybody, and myself included, points to two Super Bowl titles goes, what do you want two Super Bowls? Yes, but I also can't deign for that though either. I mean, there's something to that that he did win two Super Bowl titles, and he was
0: pretty good. He won when it mattered most. He was—I mean, look—he's a bona fide starter in the NFL for years and years. It's not like the guy stunk. He won when it mattered most, and that's a big part of his legacy. That is his legacy that he won two Super Bowls. But that's it. That's fine. That can be your legacy right there. That doesn't make you a Hall of Famer just because you have that part of your legacy that says you won the biggest game twice.
1: And, and I'll let you add your, your own argument here against um, with the conspiracy theory. And it, and it actually it lands on what his final record is as a starter, which is really interesting, which then makes you go, hmm.
0: He is exactly 116 and 116, which there was the conspiracy theory thrown out there that the Giants didn't want him to end up with a losing record. So now that if he played again, it would only be in a backup role going forward because they wouldn't want to change his record as a starting quarterback. I think that's a little out there. I, I think but, that's far fetched.
1: But I, th- and, and look, you can't completely but, measure a quarterback on their win loss record because it's not all on them, but they are. They, they get tagged with that, and that's, again, part of your resume to some degree. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, and I And that care... almost feels
1: like Eli Manning, right? 116 and 116 feels like Eli Manning. I would have thought it was
0: better than that. Now, not, again, not by I, much. I knew they had seven awful years yeah. the last seven years. Yeah, not, whatever, not by much. But I would have thought it was better than 500. I would have thought he had like a 60% winning percentage or so, Um but yeah, I just, I don't see, at no point has Eli Manning ever been an elite quarterback. He's never been a top five right. quarterback in the league at any point during his career. And to me, you have to at least be a top five guy at your position for multiple years to be a Hall of Famer. I just don't, I don't see how you can make him a Hall of yeah, Famer. Yeah, you
1: make a compelling argument. I'm saying yes, because this, because I can't discount the Super Bowl titles. But now now the question isn't whether you and I think it. I guess the question is, do you believe that, that the voters will vote him in?
0: I, you know what? I don't, but I do think it will be close. And I do think it's because so many people value championships as the end all be all to hall of fame arguments. I mean, we hear it so often with guys that we keep out because they don't have the championships, I think and this is all sports, not just football. I think it will be close. He will not get in, but the reason it'll be close is because some people really will value those two Super Bowls. And and that's fair. It's a great I mean, it's,
1: debate. I mean, it's you talk about I'm not sure there's a winner or a loser in this until we know whether he ever gets in or doesn't get in, right?
0: Yeah. I mean to be honest, to me it's easy. Like I don't even I don't even think it's that much of a debate, but I understand that like People really value championships and he won two of them. That's not a fluke. Like he performed at the biggest stage and he made plays. It's not like they were just handling the ball off the whole time, you know? I mean, the, the Tyree catch, all that stuff. Yep. There are big moments that he has in those Super Bowls. So, yep. I mean, he'll be a legend in New York forever, and he deserves that. And he deserves to be remembered as a guy who won when it mattered most. But that's his legacy right there, and that's where it ends. All
1: right, I'm gonna wrap this up with the wrap the podcast up with this. I got one more rant for you. Those do, do do you tailgate when you when you drive?
0: Are you a tailgater? Like riding people's? Yeah. No.
1: Okay. I, I I'm I'm sick of it. I've had enough of people on my ass. I just, do you brake check them? Um, I've done a couple in the last few days. So I'm, I'm I'm at the point. I got hit going into the, the tunnel. Uh, um, about five or six years ago, when traffic just came to a abrupt stop. I even had to squeal on my brakes, and dude behind me just plowed me. So I'm really hypersensitive now. I'm always looking in the rearview mirror. The point I get, w- w- what advantage do you think it gets getting up on mass? Especially when I'm probably going, I'm look, I, I don't speed speed. But, but I'm, gonna I'm, go I'm, you. I, I'm eight to 10 miles an hour over the speed limit usually. I mean, I'm not like going in a 55, going 52 at 10 and 2 with my hands. I'm, not I'm the going guy in your 64. Way. Yeah, correct. Right. And if I am, I, I know to get over. And yet the person next to me is going as fast as I am and I can't get over. So I'm going to try to speed up to get over eventually. But just honestly, stop. Get off my ass, or you're going to come right through my car, and then I'm going to get out, and I'm going to take a bull bat, and I'm going to beat your ass is what I'm going to do. All right? <laughs> All right. I, I, no, I'm, I am I like sick. It. of. I had a guy last night. He was on, I was going 74 miles an hour on I-471. I'm in the middle lane. I'm not even in the fast lane. And he could have gone around me. That was the best part. He could have gone around me. Don't you love that? Right on my ass to the point where I'm yelling in the rearview mirror, and then I can see him point his finger at me. I'm thinking, dude, I am in the middle lane. I don't know if you've learned how to drive yet, but the, the left lane I've left open for you to do something called pass, and if you think I'm going so slow, which I'm not, I'm going 74 to 65, go around, bro, go around, but no, you're a crackhead who looked like a crackhead who didn't know what the hell he was doing and was about to hit me right in the bumper, and I've had enough of it. I'm serious. People, listen, we're all in this together. Give some car links to the guy in front of you because, hey, look, in this city, Rick, you've driven enough in brush in hour traffic. There is was a lot of bumper to bumper in this city, right? What did he look like again? Crackhead. <laughs> he did. He had full goatee. Look, like he was missing a couple teeth. Skinhead. He was a crackhead. Okay. There's not an ounce of doubt, doubt about it. Okay. Get off the PCP angel dust, my friend. Um, he just looked a mess, and he's on my bumper. He's in some like little little sports car that's not a sports car because it's got like a it's got a different fender color and a different hood color uh, and I a different roof look. color.
0: Yeah, it's a good look. Yeah, that is it's a really good look. That's, we call that Latonia. And he's on. I mean.
1: Dude, the other lane is wide open. Just honestly, you just kind of veer your car to the left. You got you to gotta turn the wheel a little bit now. There you go. Ah, that's it. There you go Go around. Speed up a little bit. I'll even slow down now so you're not on my ass. There you go. Now you're around me. Now you can flip me off and you have a good day.
0: So you know what my move is always when I'm getting tailgated? It's either if we're on the expressway. It's right check
1: is scary. I've done it on the expressway.
0: Yeah. It's scary to do. It is scary, <laughs> but I, but I do it. I have full confidence in it because I keep a a neck brace in the back seat, and I am fully ready for someone to run into me, so I can put a neck brace on, pee my pants, and say I can't get an erection anymore, and immediately (laughs) just get like a billion dollars. That was
1: an episode of The Brady Bunch, in case you're wondering. Is it? Yeah.
0: I I thought I might have stolen that. Mike, Mike, you know
1: Mike Brady. Brady won that though. He he threw his briefcase on the floor, and the guy who was faking the neck injury spun his neck real fast. Jackie Coogan. Oh, go look that episode up, people. I'll I'll have
0: to look at that. Yeah, the show back in the day. The other move I I love to do like if I'm on turkey foot because this happened a decent amount of people want to go like 55 on turkey foot and i won't do it because i've been pulled over on yeah but what is it 45 yeah it's 45 yeah. yeah and if you if you're going over 50 they'll pull you over i know oh, i know they that they sit yes. right there at yes. turkey foot middle school yeah so i won't do it uh but when people really want to ride me right there i'm like one there's another lane to go around me as you yes. said yeah, two like- if you're gonna do it i will literally go about four miles per hour I will slow down to the point where I'm I I, I almost like, at a complete stop I like that move. And just like the people will start then it just becomes a game. Yeah, they're mad right, at you, they're honking, right, they right. want to fight you now. And right. I'm like, come on, boss, come back to the farmhouse where I live off the end of the subdivision and let's, once let's, you once you see the pond and the trees and the bats flying around, you might uh change your mind about following me home. And the ghosts.
1: Yeah. And let's not forget the ghosts in the basement. Yeah,
0: we used you know, this podcast has really evolved. We used to have the ghost segment, now we've moved on to the old man yells at cloud segment. And I, I really I really like the evolution that we
1: Yeah, I I, I just just had to get that off my chest because i'm just i am just last night was the end straw for me i I, I, i'd had enough i'd had enough with crackhead riding my bumper I, I, i
0: i think that's very clear you 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 know what you made a lot of points on this podcast today none were more clear than you being done with crackhead on your bumper
1: crackhead on my bumper get off and even if you're a non-crackhead, please don't ride my bumper, please. I have a I have a Toyota Camry. It's a, it's a beige in color. So if you see that with a with a Beachwood logo on the side, honestly, don't ride my bumper because it it's a, it can't end
0: well for either one of us. Just to be clear, it's 2019. We do meth now, not crack. Oh, I'm sorry, whatever. It was a meth? I don't How about a PCB? Do people do I PCB. Think, I think definitely Maybe PCP more. is huge huge now. <laughs> okay, don't
1: do the PCP angel dust. That's all I can tell you. All right, this has been the Skinny Podcast, the Popeye edition for Rick Boring. I'm Richard Skinner. As always, it's presented by Joseph Chevrolet. Thanks for listening.